Chapter 9 of George Washington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. George Washington by Ferdinand Schmidt. Translation by George P. Upton. Chapter 9 Washington Chosen Commander in Chief on the tenth of may seventeen seventy five the continental congress again assembled the means of defence for all the colonies was taken under consideration washington took the principal part in these deliberations as he had been chosen chairman of all the committees on military affairs the situation now called for the appointment of a commander-in-chief there were able men in congress who had served as officers in the british army and one or another of them rather expected to be chosen for the position in the first battles the pursuit of the british and the bloody battle of bunker hill able leaders had also arisen there were a few who made great efforts to get the appointment while washington refrained from influencing any one in his own behalf as indeed was his custom under like circumstances throughout his life at last on the fifteenth of june a vote was taken and when the votes were counted it was found that washington with the exception of his own vote had been unanimously elected he expressed his thanks to the members for the confidence they had shown in him and promised to serve his country faithfully but added that he feared the task would be too great for him in closing he said lest some unlucky event should happen unfavorable to my reputation i beg it may be remembered by every gentleman in this room that i this day declare with the utmost sincerity i do not think myself equal to the command i am honored with he looked upon his election as a providential call which it would be very wrong to refuse it was his intention to exert his powers to the utmost his hope that god would lend him aid in accepting this appointment he made a great personal sacrifice to his country for he was not spurred by ambition and he comprehended clearly the magnitude of the task which was set before him his tastes inclined towards the delights of peaceful domestic life the activities of the garden and fields and now he was selected to conduct military operations which he must have known would even under the most favorable circumstances keep him away from his family and his home for a long time to come but piety and a strong sense of duty filled his manly soul and only a slight tinge of sadness marks the letters which he wrote immediately after the appointment he wrote to his wife whom he loved tenderly you may believe me when i assure you in the most solemn manner that so far from seeking this appointment i have used every endeavor in my power to avoid it not only from my unwillingness to part from you and the family but from a consciousness of its being a trust too great for my capacity and i should enjoy more real happiness in one month with you at home than i have the most distant prospect of finding abroad i shall rely constantly on that providence which has heretofore preserved and been bountiful to me not doubting but that i shall return safe to you in the fall i shall feel no pain from the toil or danger of the campaign my unhappiness will flow from the uneasiness i know you will feel from being left alone 
i therefore beg that you will summon your whole fortitude and pass your time as agreeably as possible nothing will give me so much sincere satisfaction as to hear this and to hear it from your own pen to a friend he wrote the cause of my country has laid a difficult and dangerous duty upon me but i hope that the all-wise providence which guides human destinies will enable me to fulfil this duty faithfully and with success as commander-in-chief the sum of five hundred dollars a month was granted him but he positively refused any remuneration for his services he said that he would keep an account of expenses which he might incur in the public service and that if these should be paid it was all that he wished a prominent member of congress the accomplished john adams wrote to a friend there is something charming to me in the conduct of washington a gentleman of one of the first fortunes upon the continent leaving his delicious retirement his family and friends sacrificing his ease and hazarding all in the cause of his country his views are noble and disinterested in the official letter of appointment which was delivered to him on the twentieth of july a tribute was paid to his love of country his courage his faithfulness and the conscientiousness which he had shown under all circumstances and to the purity of his life as the day for his departure for the army drew near every one who had not yet seen him endeavoured to do so at the request of the officers he reviewed several companies of militia all were delighted with his military bearing washington irving says rarely has the public beau ideal of a commander been so fully answered he was now in the vigour of his days forty-three years of age stately in person noble in his demeanour calm and dignified in his deportment as he sat his horse with manly grace his military presence delighted every eye and wherever he went the air rang with acclamations the brilliant wife of john adams wrote in a letter to a friend dignity ease and complacency the gentleman and the soldier look agreeably blended in him modesty marks every line and feature of his face those lines of dryden instantly occurred to me mark his majestic fabric he's a temple sacred by birth and built by hands divine End of chapter nine